Hello and welcome to Infinite Machine Learning. This is your host, Pratik Joshi. This is the part of the show where I talk about ideas and concepts in AI, and you can use them to build startups, grow your career, or just develop a better understanding of how AI works. Today, we're going to talk about nine steps to do customer discovery for AI products. Doing customer discovery is like trying to kindle a fire. And when you are in the early stages of building an AI product, you have a hypothesis that you want to test. Actually, you may have a bunch of those and you need to set up a a framework to run these experiments. You have an idea of what people might need, but you need to validate if they will actually pay for it. So, How to discover what to build. Here are the nine steps. Number one, talk to people. One of the biggest pitfalls is starting to build the product without ever talking to potential users or customers. Now, some people are not comfortable talking to other people, so they just get busy building, only to realize later that nobody wants it or nobody cares about it, right? The worst thing that can happen when you're building, it's not negative feedback, right? It's indifference, meaning people don't even care enough to comment negatively about it. So reach out to people who you think might need what you're building. Uh, Talk to them over phone or Zoom, right? Not email, not text, but have a, a real conversation and you know don't ask them if they're facing a problem right you know like if you ask them hey what's your problem they'll say nothing right so make them talk about status quo right or you know, how you know, learn about how they perform uh, their tasks right in their work once they describe it you can realize that hey, is there a path to making this 10x faster, better, or cheaper by infusing it with AI? So again, talk to people and learn about their days. Number two, gather all the facts, right? The the next step here is to meticulously gather all the facts. You need to have a clear understanding of reality, right? All you need is a simple text editor, to make notes. I don't automate anything. You don't need to be cute or clever with a whole bunch of automation tools. This is a phase where you're just talking to people and you're you're kind of gathering the raw data, right? And you can obviously slice and dice it later on, but at this stage, just meticulously gather all of the facts uh, during these conversations. Number three, find out what's essential. Now, when you're gathering those facts, something essential is hidden in in all that data. Now, find out that essential thing, because that is what matters to your potential customers. In order to spot it, you need to have structured conversations and get to the essence of it. This is not Uh, your time to just chit-chat without any goal. The goal is to have structured conversations that will enable you to get to this essential part, right? And again, don't 
get lost in AI jargon. At this stage, AI jargon is like the song of the silence and from that book, The Odyssey. By the way, if you haven't read it, it's fantastic you know, by Homer. Uh, really, I think it's an iconic book. But in this book, uh, the sirens are actually monsters who pretend to be, you know, women with amazing voices. They try to lure sailors who pass that island uh, with their beautiful songs. And what they really want to do is kill kill them. In this, I mean, this is a mythological book. So, but net net, the essence of the story is don't get distracted by by AI jargon, and uh, keep going until you can express what's essential in uh, in plain English, right? So at the end of it, you should be able to explain what this whole thing is about without using any AI jargon. Jargon is where you go to hide. If you don't know what, if you don't have a clear understanding of um, of what you need to build, people usually go and hide behind AI jargon, right? Because if you know what you're doing, you'll just explain it in plain English. So that's a test. All right. Step number four, spot the pattern. Now, you need to deconstruct that essential thing once you get a handle on it, right? In order to build a a useful product, you need to spot that pattern. And the goal is to understand what is common between all those descriptions of status quo. Remember, you're talking to a whole bunch of people to learn about the status quo. Like, how do they manage their day? What kind of work do they do? And how are they describing it, right? Do they describe it with joy? Do they describe it with frustration? Do they describe it with indifference, right? So all those things matter when they describe the work they do. And within all of this, you need to spot the pattern by, you know, you need to ask yourself what can be productized here, right? What can make their lives 10x better? This way, the same product can be used by a large number of customers. AI startups have a have a higher risk of becoming services companies, right? And that's why you need to make sure this pattern that you're spotting can be productized. All right, step number five quantify the pattern. Now, based on the pattern that you spotted, you need to identify the underlying function that can quantify this pattern. This is actually a a meta point because we're talking about AI, because identifying the underlying function itself, in some sense, is what many machine learning algorithms are built to do, right? This underlying function is the way to build the product. So you spot the pattern, you quantify it, and this process of of quantifying the pattern leads you to the thing that becomes the the future product. All right, step number six. Build a product to automate that underlying function. Now, your goal here is to make this product so useful that to the customer, it feels like it's 10x faster or better or cheaper, right? And that's what you want to do to the status quo, right? Once you learn exactly what that is, the status quo, 
you need to build a product to make your customer's life you know, 10x faster, better, or cheaper. I say 10x because it has to be an order of magnitude better. It cannot be like 30% better or it cannot be like a little bit better. It has to be so vastly better that the customers will just leap on it. And customers, at the end of the day, they use products to make their lives better. In machine learning, this usually comes in the form of automating a thing that is taking up their time and energy. And you need to find what the thing is and automate that thing. All right, step number seven. Put the product in front of customers. Now, every time you do something to this product, you need to put it in front of the customers because you want to know how the customers perceive it, right? And once you do it, ask them for money because this is where they're brutally honest. Now, if you ask for feedback, you get platitudes. If you want real feedback, ask for money because once you ask for money, the customers get real because nobody parts ways with money just to be nice, right? The words are free. Like, just ask for feedback. They'll say, oh, this is nice and cute and it is so pleasant. But if you say, hey, this is going to cost you X, then they'll be really honest with you and tell you, hey, this kind of sucks. I'm not going to pay for this. If you want me to pay for this, I need the product to do X, right? This kind of honest feedback is what you really want from your customers. So rapid iteration based on customer feedback is the key here, right? Make sure to listen to everything, right? But use your judgment to make the call on what goes inside the product. You cannot fit everything into your product. The customers are going to say a bunch of stuff, which is all good information, but you need to filter that out to make sure you only let the things in that are going to make this product sick. Now, your job is to spot patterns that can become reusable features, right? This will also help you um, let go of the customers who are not a good fit, usually because they either need something different or that your product doesn't serve their needs in its current form. Now, the choice of early customers, it matters a lot. Don't let, um, don't let the customers distract you from what you want to build, right? So again, at this stage, don't try to convert skeptics into believers, right? Focus on converting believers into fanatics. And that is what you want to do here because you want to spot people who kind of believe in why you exist in the first place and you want to convert them to fanatics. Like they, you want to make them fall in love with you and your product because you solve such a, a painful problem that they're facing today. All right, step number eight, monitor product usage. It's critical to understand what's working. And to do that, you need to keep a very close eye on how the product is being used, right? Spot the power users and see how your product is being used, right? Talk to them and understand what's working, what's not working, what is kind of working, what are they super excited about, how are they using it? In, a day to, in their day-to-day? -day. Like, how much are they using it? All these things inform you about how the product is, is being used by those, by those people, right? These people can really change the trajectory of your product if they're happy with it. So 
monitor product usage. It's a, it's a critical component. All right. The last step, step number nine, is go back to step one and keep iterating. And don't, don't stagnate here because one of the key things that early stage builders should keep, should keep an eye on is stagnation because it's easy to get lost in tactics or details or any one of the thousand things that are there to distract you. So don't let your product become irrelevant, right? Especially to your customers. So you need to keep being useful to your customers. And this means you need to constantly iterate on becoming better, right? So listen to your users and customers and see how you can embed yourself and your product even deeper into their their day-to-day work. So these are the nine steps that, uh, that kind of help you understand how to do customer discovery. Again, these are just guiding principles. Obviously, you can expand each step, add a bunch of new steps, but at the heart of it, what you want to do here is understand who is going to find this thing useful. Right? And that is that is what customer discovery is about. And also, you gotta you got to really focus on making or building a thing that is an order of magnitude better than what they're doing today because i mean look at look at this from your customers point of view right they are they have a bunch of stuff to do that's their job and they're not going to switch out tools or experiment new tools for like incremental gains right they'd rather stick with what they have because it's just not worth the risk and again trying out a new product is risk you are asking for their time, their attention. You're asking them to disrupt their workflow, to try out something new. So the goal is to spot what is a, a really terrible part of their workflow and then show how you are 10x better, right? And also just make sure that you know, it's not 10x better just because you have AI, right? That if that's your only answer, you haven't spotted the, the function. The goal is to kind of the goal is to explain. Okay, if I were to take this off your hands, right, and I do this, would that make it 10x better? If the answer is yes, that's all you need, right? Underneath, you can either use AI or simple automation, or just have a whole bunch of humans do the work. The point is, the point is to spot the painful problem, and and again, in most cases, in most useful cases, that problem could be solved. With, with humans, it just takes a lot longer. It's, it's very expensive. But you should ask yourself, is being AI-powered my only thing here? Because if that's the thing, you haven't discovered the real problem. So the goal is to really understand how you can describe that problem in plain English, how you can describe the solution in plain English, and then AI is is an accelerant in, in these situations. Again, the, the, the way I always put it is um, AI is a nitro boost to an engine that's already working, right? It's not the engine itself, right? So for example, if you're in a car, the car should also already be functional and you can use AI to make this faster, but just like your product shouldn't only be about, hey, this is the same thing, but with AI, right? That's, that's not how, AI is not the engine in this situation. The engine has, it, ha- it has to already be working, 
before you introduce AI. And again, this is for the application layer. There are many companies in the, in the infrastructure layer where AI itself is the offering, meaning companies that provide AI compute, for example. Yeah, AI is a core part of that. But even that can be explained in plain English, right? So just make sure that you at least use this as a framework to think how you're discovering the, the real problem that needs to be solved here. All right, uh, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the session. You can visit infinitemachinelearning.com to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you soon with another amazing episode.